Guadalupe Radio presents the Nutcracker Podcast. Third chapter. The story of Princess Pearlypat and the hard nut Krakatok. After Maria woke up from her deep slumber, Counselor Drosselmeyer came to visit her and the family. Children, do you know the story of Princess Pearlypat and the Krakatok nut and the Lady Mouserines? And the skillful watchmaker? I hope, dear counselor, that your story will not be frightful. By no means, dearest madame. This one will be quite merry. Oh, Godfather, please. Godfather, Godfather, please, please, please. Tell us the story, dear Godfather. And the children sat next to their Godfather, the counselor, and he began as follows. Erlipat was the only child of a king and a queen. When she was born, the king was beside himself with joy. When he saw his beautiful daughter, he danced with happiness and cried again and again. (laughs) Was there anything so beautiful as my little pearly pat? No, never, dear king. There's no one like her, king. Oh, with a delicate face. And your eyes vividly sparkling. She's a beauty. And her azure eyes. She's beautiful. And her golden curled ringlets. The most beautiful child in our kingdom. What a beautiful child. Yes, indeed. She's the only one. What a lovely princess. She's a gift to the kingdom. Yes, she's a gift to the kingdom. A gift to the kingdom. The queen was very anxious and uneasy, afraid that something bad would happen to her beloved daughter. So she constantly watched Perlipat's cradle and had soldiers guarding the door, two nurses and six maids that sat night after night watching the baby. Each of the maids had a cat upon her lap, which they stroked the whole night, and the sound of purring surrounded the room. It happened that one day, the king, in order to show that he was in no want or need of gold and silver, invited a great assembly to join him for a grand meal. The queen knew that her husband was very fond of sausages. Therefore, She put on her damask apron and headed to the kitchen. Soon, the sweet smell of sausages penetrated the royal council chamber. With your permission, my dear lord, I must check the kitchen for just one second. He leaped up and ran to the kitchen and with great emotion embraced the queen who was stirring the kettle. Mm. My beloved. My king. I can hardly wait to eat these amazing, exquisite, mouth-watering, remarkable, delicious, appetizing, delectable, so very tasty sausage. My king. He kissed his queen and happily returned to the royal chamber.
The fat was chopped into little pieces and browned gently in the silver stew pans. And as the fat began to fry, the queen heard a small whimpering voice. Give me a little bit of the fat, for I too should have a part of the feast. <laughs> Remember, I too am queen, so please give me just a little bit of the fat, <laughs> so I too can celebrate with you. <laughs> Lady Mouserings had lived many years in the palace. She maintained that she was related to the royal family in the kingdom of Mausalia. The queen was compassionate and benevolent. Therefore, she answered in a kind, gentle voice. Oh, come out, little mouserings. You are most welcome to a little fat. The lady leaped out and very quickly and happily jumped, seizing with her dainty little paws one piece of fat after the other as the queen reached it to her. But suddenly, all her cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents and her seven rude sons came running out and fell upon the fat, eating it as fast as possible. The queen did not know what to do. Fortunately, The chief maid of honor came in and at that moment chased the intruding guests. The king's mathematician was summoned, and he demonstrated that... If the fat is distributed with the nicest judgment and skill, there will be enough remaining to season all the sausages. Trumpets and drums announced the invited guests' entrances and the king received them graciously and kindly and seated himself at the head of the table. When the first course, which consisted of sausage balls, was served, the king grew pale and raised his eyes to heaven. He seemed to undergo great inward suffering. As the second course arrived, consisting of long sausages... He sank back upon his throne, sobbing and moaning hands on his face. No, 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 too little fat, too little fat. Oh, my poor unhappy royal husband, alas. How greatly you must be suffering. But see over there, the guilty one. Punish her without mercy. It was Lady Mousering's with her seven sons and aunts and cousins and uncles and grandparents that have eaten up all the fun. What? How could this have possibly happened? Revenge. Revenge is needed. But first, first a trial. And we must confiscate all Lady Mousering's estates. She must be driven out of the palace forever. Call the royal watchmaker and mechanist immediately. He must invent some sort of mechanism. 
we're, we're, um, we're a, a piece of toasted fat, perhaps, fastened to a thread, will capture all these criminals. But Lady Mouserings was too smart and didn't fall for the traps. Unfortunately, most of her family wasn't as clever as she was, and as they were trying to snap away the fat, were miserably slaughtered in the kitchen. Lady Mouserings, in great despair, wept, and revenge filled her heart. My sons, my cousins, and aunts are destroyed. Take care, queen. The mouse queen does not bite your little princess. So long, and take good care. Said Lady Mouserings to the queen and disappeared, leaving the frightened queen to wonder what to do next. The queen took such good care of her daughter, making sure she was protected. But one night, the two chief nurses who sat close by the cradle fell asleep. A dreadful, large mouse entered the room. It was Lady Mouserings in disguise, and she jumped up, bit the Princess Perlipat face, and ran away. Princess's beautiful body shriveled, and her azure eyes changed into green staring ones, and her mouth stretched itself from ear to ear. The queen was devastated, and the king felt ashamed of himself. But just for a few seconds. <laughs> Me! Unhappy monarch! I, I, I should have been content with the fat I had for all those mm, delicious, wonderful sausages. I, I should have left Lady Mouserings and her family at peace and shared with them, but I didn't. Alas, what should I do? Well, actually, it's not my fault. In fact, I take no responsibility. It's the mechanist watchmaker's fault for not trapping all the mice, and therefore he shall have to restore Princess Pearlypat to her former condition within four weeks. Or... At least find a method to fix this, this, this tremendous dilemma, or he shall suffer a shameful death under the axe of the executioner. The mechanist had tremendous skill and confidence. He took Princess Perlipat apart with great dexterity and carefully examined her inward structure. But, alas... He found that the princess would grow uglier as she grew bigger. He put her carefully together again and noticed that the princess had an uncommon appetite for nuts and the ability of cracking them with her tiny teeth. 
he then went to the court astronomer, who had been his friend for many years. The astronomers studied the stars and set up Princess Perlipat's horoscope. Aha, my dear friend. In order for the princess to be freed from the magic which has deformed her face and her body, and for her to regain her beauty, she has nothing more to do than to eat the kernel of the nut, Krakatok. This nut has such a hard shell that it must be cracked by a man who has never been shaved and never worn boots. The young man must then hand her the kernel with closed eyes and must not open them again until he has marched seven steps backward without stumbling. The only problem will be finding this man and uh, the nut as well, as it's a very strange and unique nut. When the king was informed of their findings, he roared with the voice of a lion. This is nonsense. Find a nut. Better yet, you must leave this palace at once, accompanied by the royal astronomer, and never return without the nut Krakatuk in your pocket and the young man that has never been shaven. Fifth. Fifteen years passed, and still no nut had been found by the mechanist and the astronomer. They both longed to return home. And so they did, right to Nuremberg, where the mechanist ran into his brother, Christopher Zacharias Drosselmeyer, a puppet maker, varnisher, and gilder, whom he had not seen for so many years. He told him of their journey and of their search for the hard nut. Brother, brother, you are safe. This particular strange and unusual nut fell into my hands in this peculiar and amazing way. Many years ago, a stranger came here at Christmas with a sack full of Krakatuk nuts, which he offered for sale. When he laid the sack upon the ground, a heavily laden wagon passed directly over it and all the nuts were cracked in pieces except for this one. I bought the hard nut, and here it is. For you, my dear brother. My dear colleague, good fortune never comes single. Not only have we found the nut Krakatok, but also the young man who is to crack it and hand the kernel to the princess. It is nobody else than your brother's son. The brother's son was indeed a handsome, well-grown young man who had never been shaved and who had never worn boots. On Christmas days, the young man would wear a red coat trimmed with gold, a sword, a hat under his arm, and a curling wig. And in his fine dress, he would stand in his father's shop and would crack nuts for the young girls, for which reason he was called the Handsome Nutcracker. Upon arriving to the castle, the king, whose anguished heart had suffered all those years, greeted the handsome Drosselmeyer 
I so welcome your arrival. Dear King, Queen, and Princess Pearlypat, I beg for permission to begin the experiment. Yes, begin. Oh, I am so happy you're here. Princess Pearlypat laid her little hand upon her heart and <sighs> sighed deeply. Oh, I wish this would be the one to crack the nut, crack a tuck, and become my husband. Young Drosselmeyer put the crack-a-tuck without hesitation between his teeth and crack-crack. The shell broke into many pieces. He removed the broken bits of shells and gave the kernels to the princess, who swallowed it. And behold, her ugly shape was gone, and in its place appeared a most beautiful figure with a kind face, delicate and lovely, azure sparkling eyes and bright golden ringlets. The king and the whole court danced. The queen swooned from delight. Young Drosselmeyer, who still needed to perform his seven steps, was stretching back his right foot for the seventh step when... Lady Mauserlings rose, squeaking and squealing out of the floor. Down came his foot upon her head, by mistake, and he stumbled. His figure was changed to the former figure of the princess. His body became shriveled up and was hardly able to support his great misshapen head. His eyes turned green, his mouth was stretched from ear to ear. Oh, dear. The watchmaker and astronomer were numbed with terror, and as Lady Mouserings laid on the ground, she whimpered. Oh, crack-a-tuck, hard nut of thee. I must die. Quack, quack. What seven crowns will bite, not quack, at night. Quack, quack. And revenge his mother's death. Short breath. Must I, 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 so young. Quick, quick. Must I? <laughs> the king commanded the young hero Drosselmeyer to come before him. But when the princess saw his face, she held both hands before her face and cried. No, no, I can't, I can't. Away, away with the ugly nutcracker, away. And so the court-martial immediately took him by the shoulders and pushed him out of the doors. The king was filled with anger and blamed the mechanist and the astronomer for this disaster, banishing them forever from the kingdom. But... The astronomer was not discouraged. 
He felt that young Drosselmeyer, in spite of his deformity, would become a prince and a king and that his former beauty would return as soon as the son of Lady Mouserings, a strange, peculiar rat who had been born with seven heads, would fall by his hands and a maiden, a kind, gentle maiden that would become his best friend, would love him no matter his ugly shape. The counselor thus concluded his story, and Maria thought that the Princess Perlipat was ill-natured and ungrateful, and I feel such sadness for young Drosselmeyer. Fred declared, Don't worry, Maria. It won't be long till young Drosselmeyer will settle matters with the Rat King, and, and, and he will have his shape again. Dresselmeyer smiled at the children and said, Good night. Good night, dear counselor. Good night. End of the third chapter. The Nutcracker Podcast is an original production by Guadalupe Radio. Based on E.T.A. Hoffman's story and Tchaikovsky's suite. With special performances by Ari Dario, Seamus Deaver, Erika Ortega, Sal Lopez, Efraín Figueroa, Cynthia Dane, Andrés Londono, and Denise Blasor. Graphic designer, Marta Naranjo. Recordings, Rafael Valdez and Gerardo Nevares. Editing by Juan Matos. Original music, Laurent Akem. Script, production, and direction, Denise Blasor. Executive producer and director, René Heredia. The Nutcracker.LA. All rights reserved.